Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. ...and approach the station, giving the station master only a brief moment to be waiting outside with a fresh horse. And even when the rider would come to a station where he would sleep that night, he would still need to shout because another rider would need to be ready on a horse to grab the sack and keep going. When the transcontinental telegraph system was finished, the Pony Express was obsolete after only 18 months. But it gives us a very good example of being ready and watchful on a moment's notice. The first week in Advent reminds us that Jesus will return suddenly and unexpectedly. And the value of watching for our Lord's return is what our two readings are about this evening. St. Paul says, you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And that is why Christ our Lord says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So, the question is, how can I remain watchful? St. Paul tells us, that we need to be not spiritually asleep and we need to keep spiritually awake and sober. Let's look at each of those in turn. Now, watching for Christ's return does not mean looking out the window at night. It does not mean get, getting dressed in a white robe and going and waiting on the top of a mountain. The apostle says, you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as the others do. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. The scriptures often use sleep as an image of spiritual laziness, of a lack of alertness toward God. A spiritual sleep is when the heart grows cold to the things of God. Our spiritual senses are dulled. God is no longer relevant to your life. And he no longer takes the place that he once did. A spiritually asleep person can carry on with normal religious routines. However, the heart, the passion have long gone. And routines are not usually kept up for long after that. So while we can look like active Christians, we, uh, we can, in reality, have dozed off spiritually. Now, spiritual sleep can take a lot of different forms. Some who are spiritually asleep are, are too lazy to pray or to engage in Bible reading or Bible study. Many struggle to even believe the Bible. 
Maybe you find a hard time praying daily. Maybe your prayers have begun to lose their meaning and their reverence. When was the last time you even opened your Bible? Maybe your heart isn't into your faith as it once was. Maybe you've thought that the divine service is boring. Maybe you refuse to come to Bible class because that's not your thing. It's not relevant to my life. Maybe you've lost your vigor to serve or your willingness to give to the cause of the church. And this is a struggle that comes to all of us. We can all fall into a spiritual sloth. sloth. Our prayers can often be moved aside for the more important matters of our daily schedules. This sort of spiritual drowsiness is dangerous. It's dangerous because it opens us up to the temptations of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. We may forget in all our busyness that we have to be on guard because we do not know when our Lord will come. And the enemy constantly seeks to lure us into a false sense of security. It's like there's a satanic lullaby playing in North America, and many Christians are asleep. Paul also says that we can be spiritually drunk, like sleepy people. People who are drunk are not very alert. To be spiritually drunk, though, is to imbibe too much of the world's way of looking at things. It's to not look at the world in the way God and his word tell you to look at the world. To be intoxicated with the world's wine is to embrace ideas that numb you. They numb you to the truths of the Bible. They desensitize you to the warning of Christ's return. The way, that's the way our culture works. And it seeps into our souls. It's in the very air we breathe. The world presents its ideas to you. And it does a very good job because you see them every day in the media, in the news, in social media, in the entertainment you watch. The world's ideas are pressed on you. So we need to be alert. We need to be alert to spiritual intoxicants all around us, especially things we think are harmless, but actually might be slowly pulling us away from Christ. So this means we need to be discerning. We need to watch the entertainment. We need to examine the entertainment we're looking at, examine the news we're reading, examine that social media that we're imbibing. This spiritual lethargy, laziness, and indifference that Paul's talking about is so insidious. It's sneaky because it can creep in slowly and unaware. We prefer not to have to fight those temptations constantly. We begin to allow slowly more and more sins to go unnoticed. We're convinced that things aren't so bad in the world, and we're really not so bad after all. And yet, 
Spiritual laziness is what gives the devil his power. And what happens? What happens if you are found spiritually sleeping or spiritually drunk when our Lord returns? Or at your own death? Jesus tells us in his parable. Afterwards, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly I say to you, I do not know you. This should stop each of us right in our tracks. Do you recognize this as a significant danger? Do you think the church in North America is sleeping spiritually? How about you? Are you sleeping spiritually? Watching for Christ's return means we need to be spiritually awake. So how do we do it? How do we stay spiritually awake? Paul says that we stay spiritually awake and sober by remembering our Lord Jesus Christ. He does this by changing metaphors mid-sentence. Since, he says, since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Paul suggests that Christian life, Christian faith is a battle. Does that ring true to you? The Christian faith is a battle? This means that we need to prepare for battle like soldiers. A soldier who sees that there is going to be danger on the battlefield does not go out there unless he's prepared. In the same way, we, if we're going to take our faith seriously, there's, it's going to require a bit of spiritual preparation. And what spiritual preparation does Paul give us? Paul says, to keep awake and sober, we need to protect two things. We need to protect our heart, and we need to protect our head. He says, faith and love are like a breastplate that shields your heart. And hope is like a helmet that shields your head. See, we trust in God. That's faith. We believe what God says. And that protects us from Satan and his attacks. What is faith? Our faith is trust. Trust in what? Our faith is, as Paul says, through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. Our text tells us that your salvation has already been bought. It is already your possession because Christ has died for you. You cannot pay for your salvation. You cannot earn it. You cannot work for it. Jesus has already done everything needed for your salvation. The death of Jesus Christ, true God and true man, has ransomed you. Jesus died as your willing substitute. And that's where our faith comes from. And in response to Christ's love for us, we respond. How do we respond? We respond in love towards God and love towards one another. We'll look at more of that, what that means practically next week. And now you wear hope as a helmet. The hope of salvation, of eternal life. Hope, by the way, is not wishful thinking. 
It is the certain and sure confidence that God will keep his word, that Christ will come again, just as he promised. And that is good news. Why? Paul tells us it's good news. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. Why? What's the purpose? So that we might live with him. So you aren't in the dark about this. We are watching and we are waiting for Jesus, our Savior, who died for us so that we could have salvation, eternal life, so we can live with him. We are watching and waiting for a new creation. The dawn of an endless day where darkness is no more. We're waiting not for a stranger, but for our creator and our redeemer, the one who loves us and knows us better than we know ourselves. We're watching and waiting for one who already comes to us. He comes to us in the word. He comes to us in the sacraments. With that hope, that hope of salvation, we can persevere through any challenge, any setback, knowing that God is working our salvation and he will never let us down. So dear Christian friends, brothers and sisters, don't be lulled into spiritual sleep. It's time to wake up, be alert, watch. Faith, love, and hope are what will keep you spiritually awake and sober. The one who died for you is coming soon. You have the sure and certain hope that you will live with him forever. Watch. It'll be worth the wait. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at icloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.